0: all right the time is six o'clock i now call this meeting to order Uh, this meeting is open to the public but not open for public comment this meeting is also being held in a hybrid format in accordance with the board and commission electronic participation connected and hybrid meeting policy
1: if any board members if any board members council liaison or staff members are online or joined by phone please unmute yourself to say here if you are on a phone, please press star six to unmute. Board Member Purcell? Here. Board Member Marina? Here. Board Member Lyons? Here. Board Member White? Here. Board Member Richards? Here. Town Council Liaison Dietz? Any other council members present? Okay. Staff in attendance, Lindsay Jordan? Here. Tara Vargish. Here. Tammy King? Here. Carissa Alstrom here. TJ Kucheski? Here. Any other staff members present?
0: Okay.
2: Yes, it has, and can we make sure that all board members have their mics on, please? Thank you.
0: Thank you for that reminder. Uh, minutes from last board meeting have been distributed to the board. If there are no changes, additions, or deletions to the minutes, a motion to accept the minutes as presented will be accepted. Motion to accept the board minute as presented. We are second. Second. All right, that was moved by board member White and seconded by uh, board member Lyons. Recording secretary, please take the roll call.
1: Board member Purcell? Yes. Board member Marina? Yes. Board member Lyons? Yes. Board member White? Yes. Board member Richards?
3: Yes.
0: Motion is approved by a vote of five to zero. All right, hearing item BOA 2023-0010. Church of the (laughs) Rock, the Rock, owns and operates a church at 4881 Cherokee Drive, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80108, the property. The Rock requested approval from the town of Castle Rock, the town, to house campers on site to provide temporary shelter for people in need. On September 29, 2023, the town, through its zoning manager, denied the Rock's request because the use of recreational vehicles, RVs slash campers, is not a permissible use pursuant to the Rock's PD zoning regulations. The ROC appeals the town's determination. The board must evaluate this proposal under criteria established under the municipal code as summarized in the staff report. The board will hear from the applicant and then staff. There will be no public comment at these proceedings. Does any board member have a conflict of interest or any other matter he or she would like to disclose prior to proceeding on this item? Let the records state nobody has spoken up with any kind of uh, conflict of interest 17.06.020 powers and duties of the board this evening the board shall have the following powers and duties all of which shall be exercised subject to the laws of the state and subject to the appropriate conditions and safeguards in harmony with the purpose and intent of this title the policies of the Town Council and in accordance with the public interest and the most appropriate development of the neighborhood a The board shall hear and decide appeals initiated by an applicant and review any order, requirement, decision, or determination made by an administrative official charged with enforcement of the regulations established by this title, unrelated to land development application, technical criteria variance, or where the appeal process is set forth elsewhere in this title. B, appeal procedures shall be as follows, one, the submittal requirements and process to file for an appeal are set forth in development procedures manual. Two, the board shall determine whether the manager's decision was consistent with application of this title and then either affirm or reverse the manager's decision. Three, a written notice of appeal of any administrative uh, decision shall be filed within 15 days of the decision being appealed. The notice of the appeal shall be filed with the manager and shall state with specificity the reasons for appeal. The board shall hear such appeal within 60 days of the filing of the Notice of Appeal. At such hearing, both the applicant and the manager shall have the opportunity to be heard and present evidence. Four, a simple majority vote, but not less than three, is required to either affirm or reverse the manager's decision. The board may affirm the decision, reverse the decision, or affirm the decision with conditions. The ruling of the board shall be final, subject to judicial review. Five, the board shall not consider an appeal which is the same or substantially the same as an appeal previously considered and ruled upon by the board. Mrs. King, has the hearing been properly noticed in accordance with the municipal code?
2: Yes, it has.
0: Do you wish to enter the staff report and presentation into public record? Yes, I do. The hearing will proceed with a presentation by the applicant, followed by the town staff presentation and conclude with any questions by the board to either party. I would like to hear from the applicant now.
4: Yes, Mr. Chair, Michael Rager.
0: And can you please make sure the microphone's on? Yes, sir. Thank you.
4: Hey, thank you, uh, Mr. Chair. Um, I am Michael Rager and I appear for The Rock and um, uh, what we'd like to do uh, with our time before the board tonight is um, first I'll start off and I want to address some of the specific issues that have been raised um, by the zoning manager's letter of determination. I want to talk a little bit about the facts related to the history of the dispute and the meetings between The Rock and uh, the town officials. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Rock's property and the location of these vehicles that have been referred to as campers in the um, in the letter of determination, um, what the Rock believes are the undisputed facts relevant to the board's determination, um, and then talk a little bit about uh, the, the law and the arguments uh, that the, the Rock brings. Um, after I do that, um, uh, we want the board to hear from uh, Executive Pastor Andrew Nemeth. He's the Executive Pastor of The Rock. And he's going to talk a little bit about and describe the Church of The Rock shelter care ministry that has been addressed in the uh, the, uh, letter of determination. And he's gonna talk uh, as well, he's gonna describe the course of communications and the meetings between The Rock and town officials. And then um, after he finishes that, um, the Rocks' lead pastor, Pastor Michael Polhemus, he's going to address uh, these, is- uh, these issues. He's going to talk about how the Rocks' compassionate care ministries involving shelter care relate to its mission as a Christian church. He's also going to address how the Rocks' ministries to the unhoused have developed over recent years. Um he He's also gonna discuss um, why The Rock's website doesn't reference the shelter ministry. And finally, he's gonna talk about why other methods of helping the unhoused suggested by the zoning manager are not feasible. Those uh, include the use of hotels, transport to housing shelters, housing persons, unhoused persons in church member homes, and referring people to the HART program and similar programs. And as part of that, um, he's going to talk about why the Rocks Compassionate Care Program, this uh, this ministry that we're talking about, needs to use the campers as part of that shelter ministry. Okay, so um, uh, start here. See if I can figure out using this. Um, so uh, on November tenth, twenty twenty one. The town of Castle Rock sent the rock a notice of zoning violation and the alleged violation was allowing Storage or residency in campers on the property. It did not identify the code provision uh, That was alleged to have been violated The request by the town the zoning manager was to remove storage or residency of campers from the property and the letter included uh, this attached photograph of the campers Um, the, the zoning, first of all, the zoning manager has alleged, and I, I, uh, it's relevant to the, to the board's determination, um, the criteria that the board uh, has to consider, but the zoning manager alleges that the ROC ignored the town's efforts to enforce the PD zoning rules. And um, uh, I know if, if, if the board has had an opportunity to review the submittals, um, the, the, the particular zoning rules here were the zoning rules that were adopted at the time the annexation occurred when the property was annexed into the town of Castle Rock. And so they're specific with regard to this parcel. Um, But I think if the board looks at the facts, those facts demonstrate that the Rock has worked in good faith with the town. You're going to hear from Pastor uh, Andrew and you're going to hear from Pastor Michael Polhemus on this as well. When um, When the adjacent HOA reported the campers in 2021 to the town, to the zoning division, the town and the ROC then began discussing the situation. The ROC has limited, from that point forward, the ROC has limited this ministry to no more than two persons or families in the campers that have been on site uh, at at any time. Um, The use as well has been limited to and pursuant to guidelines requiring uh, those persons who are assisted uh, to seek work and to avoid destructive behaviors. In other words, to help them get back on their feet. And the ROC has, uh, from that time period, worked with the town to address the town's concerns regarding the campers. So um, I think it's, it's, it's accurate to say that the ROC hasn't disregarded the town's request, but instead has listened to, worked with, and met with town officials to try and reach an accommodation regarding the town's and neighbor's concerns, but to allow this shelter ministry to continue. So uh, there are some exhibits that are part of the presentation. The town's uh, November 10th, 2021 zoning uh, letter regarding the campers. Um, That followed uh, this March 2021 notice from the uh, uh, adjacent HOA. So at that point uh, from March until November there were discussions, Pastor Andrew will talk about that, going forward from that date, the town and the Rock then continued their discussions regarding the issue. On September 26, 2022, the town sent a letter to the church to discuss uh, the various zoning-related concerns, and that's the town's Exhibit E. And um, following that, the town and the church continued to work together and discuss to resolve the town's concerns. On November 9th, 2022, the town attorney sent The Rock a letter informing it of a potential zoning violation relating to the campers. And that's the exhibit F that the town, uh, that the zoning manager has presented. Um, And that letter didn't, um, I think significantly, did not allege any other zoning violations um, at that time. On February 14th, 2023, The Rock and uh, town officials, including the town manager, we met to further discuss and find a compromise solution to the to the towns and the neighbors' concerns. The groups met again on March 9th, 2023, um, and at that time, the Rock presented to uh, the town uh, the the document that's attached as Exhibit H. So the z- the zoning manager issued the letter of determination five months later, September 2023. And um, I think it's important to note as well, the letter of determination alleges a single zoning violation, the use of these campers to provide temporary housing for people in need. It's undisputed that the town and the Rock were in discussions regarding the alleged use violation for over two years prior to the letter of determination, uh, the September 29th, 2023. Um, the, the, the memo and what the chair read um, state uh, or alleged that the Rock requested approval from the town to house campers on site to provide temporary shelter for people in need. I think procedurally, it's more accurate that the town uh, that um, the issue was brought to the attention of the town, and then there were discussions that occurred. And as part of that, to be a good neighbor and to make sure that it was following the rules, the Rock at that time did request that, um, uh, that zoning approve the continued presence of those campers on the on the site. So it was at that point that the ROC requested approval. It wasn't as if the ROC went to the town and, and was asking for a variance or some uh, exception to the zoning code. The, the position of the ROC has always been that the use of the campers is permitted under the code. The Rock has, throughout the process and its discussions, acted responsibly, tried to address the concerns of the town and the neighbors while holding fast to its Christian convictions that it is uh, that it must help the unhoused. Now, I, I would also say that, the, um, for my involvement, which does not go all the way back to March uh, 2021, but the town manager uh, and the zoning manager and all the staff they, they have exercised good faith. They have shown patience and good faith, and we appreciate that. It's just that the parties had not agreed to a solution that both protect the Rock's rights and at the same time address the town's concerns. So that's where we're at today. Um, during the meeting on February 14th, 2023, uh, there was discussion regarding keeping the campers on the Rock property. Um, and the, the the town took the position that the resi- that residential uses of the rocks property were not allowed the rock explained that the campers had been on the rocks parcel for a long time the red camper that you saw in the prior photograph had actually been on site for several years perhaps going back to 2006 and then another camper had been on the property for several years the rock also explained that since 2016 the rock was occasionally using the campers to provide limited overnight shelter for urgent or emergency cases where other shelter was not available and again the use is limited to cases where a family or a person lacked overnight shelter and um, it required those people receiving shelter assistance to comply with the the church's rules to provide that care Um, so the campers aren't being used as residences Um, and the the Rock's position is that the occasional limited overnight uses were permitted church uses under the zoning rules because they were they were church related uses. Um. uh, Sort of lay the groundwork what we're talking about the these regulations that we're talking about the PD zoning regulations. They were uh, part of uh, they were approved by this ordinance uh, in two thousand and three approving the annexing of the rock parcel as well as the site plan um, the rock uh, for those council members who haven't seen the property or pardon me for the board members who haven't seen the property it sits on the northwest corner of the meadows it's bordered by the meadows on three sides and um, undeveloped Douglas County uh, property on the west so um, uh, this is a this is a, um, an overhead area um, aerial going uh, um, from some distance so we'll just get a little closer here and if you can see the stream that goes through here to the on the right hand side um, and you can see the dark uh, portion that um, that's the back side of the of the rocks property and um, to the left there um, uh, to the west there that property is Douglas County so All of this was part of Douglas County prior to the annexation, but this is where the Douglas County line is. Um, It's right on the uh, Rocks property line. If you get a little closer here, this is just a a further aerial that um, uh, takes us a little closer and shows the location of the entire campus and what's been developed on the parcel. Um, The campers themselves are kept on the northwest corner of the back parking lot of the church. So the, the nearest homes to where the campers are located um, are on the north side of the rock parcel, approximately 450 feet away. And again, this, as you've seen, the space behind the church building is undeveloped ranch property. So um, the, the, after the February 9, uh, 14th meeting, the rock team met again with the town manager and uh, his team, including uh, the zoning manager, on March 9th, 2023. And again, the parties discussed uh, the town's position regarding the, keeping the campers on the Rock property. Um, at that meeting, um, the Rock reiterated its commitment to follow all the zone, zoning rules, but it also reiterated its position that the use of the property was permitted. And it, 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 uh, Pastor Paul Hemis strongly stated again his commitment to this compassionate care ministry. That I, I believe the board should conclude is is an essential part of what the Rock does and plays a very important role here in helping people in uh, in Castle Rock. So that the letter that um, that was provided that we've given, um, it covers a few things that um, that I just like to emphasize. The Rock follows the teachings of both the Old Testament and the New Testament relating to caring for the poor and needy, and um, uh, there are many scriptures that relate to this, and Pastor Hemis will address that. Um, to, um, to observe the scripture, to, um, to do what the Lord directs, the Rock has developed specific programs to responsibly help and restore the poor, needy, and destitute. These compassionate care ministries require that any person receiving food, money, or shelter seek employment and cease destructive behaviors. And the letter also addressed the temporary care, uh, temporary sheltered care ministry. It's administered uh, as a transitional program for a limited period and it's provided pursuant to biblical stewardship guidelines. When the ROC is unable to provide overnight shelter to specifically approved persons within the church building on a limited basis, it has used these campers or RVs legally parked on its property to provide overnight shelter. And It's consistent with the history of the rock in the community um, helping people So um, the letter of determination was issued after the parties had failed to come to an agreement again after discussing the matter for two years so the the PD zoning regulations which are cited by the zoning manager and uh, also provided in the rocks materials, um, include these uses. Church and related uses, and then permitted uses are addressed uh, below as well. Church, and then there are several that are, are listed under that. And just to make clear, the church has never taken the position that these campers are used as parsonages. These, these uh, uh, unhoused persons that are receiving assistance are not ministers of the church. So um, uh, I, I think that these are undisputed facts, and that is um, uh, what's set forth in these these two slides. From March of 23 through September 23, there were two campers on the property, and they were parked in the back of the church property, uh, church, church parking lot next to the open space. One is a mobile home, which is moved by driving the vehicle, one's a travel trailer, moved by attaching the front to a vehicle. And from March 23, to 2023 to the present, these campers have been used as I've stated on an occasional basis to provide overnight shelter according to, these, uh, according to the program and according to these um, uh, uh, church rules that we've been talking about. Each of the persons has been provided limited overnight shelter as part of these specific programs. These specific programs require that any person receiving food money or shelter seek uh, employment and cease destructive behaviors. The shelter assistance um, operates alongside the Rock's other compassionate ministries, including a food bank, which is well known in uh, in Castle Rock and in the county. Um, the, the overnight shelter assistance provides life sustaining care for the poor and the needy and opportunities as well for Christian believers to participate in the care of their neighbors. It's a transitional assistance program for a limited period and provided a pursuit to biblical stewardship guidelines that are um, established by the church. As I said, The Rock, anybody who lives in, in, uh, in Castle Rock or in the county um, who, who follows these things, should know that The Rock has a demonstrated history of caring for the poor and the needy. And this ministry is is the rock, you'll hear from Pastor Polhemus here, following the teachings of both the Old Testament and the New Testament relating to caring for the poor and the needy and the orphans or the homeless. So, as I said, the rock is not using the campers as a parsonage. Um, the the use of the campers for the described occasional temporary assistance is permitted under the zoning rules that apply in the town zoning code. One of the um, issues that the zoning manager addresses in detail in her memo is this argument that the use of the rocks property for this type of ministry was not identified at the time of the annexation. In other words, it wasn't disclosed to the community and it wasn't the subject of Public notice and discussion at the time. I guess the implication is that it had, if it had done that, then there would have been uh, discussion, and there might have been some specific uh, provisions that were included. So, the, the the approved uses are church and church related uses. I guess the question for the board is whether there was an obligation at the time that the the rock. Um, anticipate every potential use that would ever be made of its property. I think what you're going to hear from Pastor Palomis, in particular, is that, and what you know, it's been in the news. We've been discussing it in Castle Rock and in Colorado. We have changing circumstances. We have changing religious and social needs. We have a housing crisis here in Castle Rock that calls for flexibility of local governments in broadly defining what constitutes a church activity, to allow a church to provide that care that can't otherwise be provided. The position of the the rock as well is that um, this use is permitted as an accessory use. It's a use that is naturally and normally incidental to and subordinate to, and devoted exclusively to the main use of the prints of the prin- uh, premises, the uses of the church, the programs of the church, to carry out its mission.
5: Um.
4: There, there was uh, a criticism uh, by the zoning manager of a case that was relied on by the Rock in addressing um, uh, accessory use, and that. That case is a Colorado case. I don't believe there are any other uh, reported Colorado cases that get close. dealt that dealt with um, a parking lot. Um, There are are several other cases that directly address um, uh, court uh, decisions permitting use of church property for temporary shelter. And so um, uh, we provided today a, a, a letter, an additional letter with some specific information. So I didn't have to read it to the board. Uh, we provided that today to the uh, to the board. And um, uh, we would ask that the board consider it as part of its uh, deliberations here. And uh, so I would just ask right now, I have copies of that, and I would just ask if the, if the board has a copy of that letter. Thank you, Miss King. Um, there, the, the ROC is also asking this board to consider RELUPA. and we believe that the use of its property should be protected under RALUPA and perhaps under RIFRA, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. And the, the, the board is directed to consider these, this, these federal laws in making these decisions and as, as maybe the board has dealt previously with Relupa, but um, it protects religious exercise relating to land, the use of real property for the purpose of religious exercise shall not, shall be considered to be religious exercise of the person or entity that uses or intends to use the property for that purpose.
5: Um,
4: and, the, the issue that the zoning manager raises is whether the zoning manager's decision um, is a substantial burden on the religious exercise of the rock. The, the manager argues that prohibiting the use of the campers for temporary shelter to the unhoused would not substantially burden the rock. So, you'll hear from uh, Pastor Mike on this relating to the arguments that have been made by the zoning manager. The solutions that have been proposed by the zoning manager are not feasible. They're either not available, they're not realistic, or they're not economically feasible. And the zoning manager's decision would meaningfully curtail the ability of the rock to express and exercise its Christian faith and charity. The, the zoning manager has also argued that this is a self-imposed problem of the rock or by the rock. I, I think that's an unfair argument. Again, it, it, it would require the, the rock as a Christian church to foresee All the potential uses that might be made of its property in the future carrying out its mission um not anticipating all the changes that would occur in society in in its local community and it's time and circumstances that have created the problem of the unhoused and that really didn't exist until recently here in douglas county so um We, we, we believe that the board should find that the Rock's limited occasional use of the campers for shelter assistance is protected religious use under RALUPA. It's consistent with its sincerely held Christian faith, established compassionate care ministries, and the Rock's demonstrated care and love for those in the Castle Rock community, including those who are suffering uh, this temporary shelter loss. The Rock's use of its property is pursuant to established programs to help the needy and the poor, and you'll hear um, from the two pastors of the church on that. So, um, with that, I'm going to let uh, I'm going to ask Pastor Mike Michael Polhemus to address the board, and then we'll have uh, uh, I'm sorry, pa- Pastor uh, Na- uh, Andrew Namath. He's going to address the board first, and then uh, we'll have Pastor Polhemus after him. Uh, thank you for your uh, allowing me to uh, make that presentation.
6: Hello, board. Thanks for letting me address you tonight. Uh, I'm Andrew Nemeth, one of the pastors on staff at The Rock, and I help with some of the executive responsibilities. Our compassionate, compare, compassionate, and care program is is pretty robust at the church, and it's it's something we've really grown into. Um, I've been on staff since 2011, and um, and starting in. Um, Starting back then, we had some small, small endeavors. Uh, every year, we'd take up a compassion offering uh, during Christmas, uh, a natural time of giving and generosity, and, and we'd use that throughout the year to help people who, who needed help with rent or utilities. But really, starting in 2015, we, we ramped that, that program into high gear, and um, we converted classrooms into food storage rooms, and uh, we started to look around and see what other assets do we have, and what could we use, and how could we make its best and highest utilization. And, uh, and that's part of how the, how the camper situation came to be. We had that red camper since 2006 and would use it to uh, do concessions out of. So Colorado being a beautiful state and lots of outdoor activities, we'd do either outdoor services or outdoor activities and we'd have little concessions and snacks that we'd take out of that. We scrapped that plan and we said, no, 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 that's not as important as, as helping people, making sure that people have some snacks seems a a lesser use biblically than than taking care of the poor. And and so we began to do that, but we wanted to do it reasonably and responsibly. And so we partnered with Douglas County Human Services. Um, They've been a huge partner in this endeavor. We've partnered with the heart team, um, who's been a great resource in this. And we've partnered with Douglas County Sheriff's to, to make sure that we were the people we were working with were uh, adequately background checked and safe and didn't have records and work not a uh, uh, harm to themselves or to others. And, and so the, the way the this program works specifically most recently is um, that we'll get contacted by either the Department of Human Services or the heart team or or someone in a similar position and, and they'll actually request our help in this matter. Um, our, our region doesn't have enough resources for the need and so it's been our our privilege although at times some, sometimes a, a burden to to help these people but we're glad to do it and so they'll approach us and uh and together we'll work to make sure that the, the individual or the family are are safe to themselves and to others to make sure that they're background checked and they're not uh, wanted for for anything uh we'll make sure that they're not also on anything that they're not under the influence of anything and and then when we know that it's uh, appropriate and safe um, if they uh, agree to um either be employed or seek employment if they agree to the other program policies of to, to not use any any substances that would be harmful to themselves or others to not uh, not involve themselves in any sort of illicit activities not to you know there's a lot of a list of hey you got to fly straight and and, and act right um, then then we work to, to bring them in and when we say bring them in it's not just hand them a key and say hey you know the place is yours it's Uh, They they step into active case management. We have some case managers on our team uh, that are trained to do this and they work alongside of people who need help navigating some of the the services and systems that are out there um, to get connected with things like Arapahoe Douglas County Works or to uh, get connected with um, employers and job opportunities or to uh, go through um, job training skills and upskilling or to learn how to interview better or Um, On site, uh, along with these wraparound services, we we have a blessing room that provides clothes so if someone comes in and they don't have the appropriate clothes to go to an interview, we can help them with that. Uh, If they don't have food, we've got a food bank that monthly serves hundreds of families with tens of thousands of pounds of uh, not just canned goods but fresh produce and dairy and um, uh, meats and all sorts of like even gluten free and grain free stuff. So um, we're working really hard to, to love people who are in need, and to provide a service that's thoughtful and not careless or dangerous in any any ways. Um, as Mr. Rieger pointed out, the, even the placement of these these campers has been somewhat strategic. Along with being over 400 feet from the nearest nearest neighbor, uh, there's also some topography that those aerial photos don't take into account, and so. They're largely hidden by hills and the natural uh, slope of our of our uh, building and the land that it sits on. So we work hard to make sure that 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 it's not a blight to to the community that it's tucked away back in the back. Uh, It's not seen by many neighbors. Um, And and so with that, as we bring uh, these people in, we want it to be occasional. We want it to be very temporary and we do our best to get them back on their feet as quick as we can. Sometimes if you start in your job, takes a week or two to get your first paycheck and so first paycheck doesn't necessarily mean you're qualified for an apartment yeah uh, you gotta have sometimes first month and security deposit and a few other things so sometimes it takes just a little bit of time but our our intention is never to turn this into their home to make this their residence it's always just to provide temporary shelter and sometimes that's as little as one night sometimes we have people who are in between uh, situations and The apartment's coming I I just but I'm out already and I can't get into something and instead of sleeping in the back of the U-Haul with the rest of their stuff we're able to to help them out because they're not belligerent they're not detriments to society they're just in a pinch of bad luck and so we're able to uh, to help them in ways that that they might not otherwise be able to be helped and so we would really appreciate um, your consideration in this matter to help help empower it. As Mr. Rieger had mentioned to the timeline of our our meetings, the the town and their staff have have been gracious um, to to try to find a a resolution to this. Um, Unfortunately, both of us feel strongly. uh, We hold strongly to our our Christian beliefs that we we need to help these people. And currently, we believe the campers uh, enable us to do that. Uh, The town feels strongly that it's it's a residence and it shouldn't be allowed. Um, We don't see it that way. Uh, And we've worked hard to to find resolution and at different times we we thought we found it, which is why it's taken two years to to arrive at this meeting. Um, But uh, be that as it may, we we want it to be seen that we do want to be reasonable. We we do want to find a a resolution where where we can continue to provide help to the town of Castle Rock by caring for our neighbors and and also not be a blight to anyone not, we understand that you know these ordinances were written to help serve the people, and so we don't want to, we don't want to ignore that they exist for a reason. Uh, we just feel that there should be an, an adjustment in this case. Is there anything else needs need to address? No? Okay. okay. All right, well thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, staff.
5: Well thank you board for, for just your time tonight. I know time away from your family is, is valuable. Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, try to go quickly, keep it under a few hours here if that's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think what you've heard is a lot of the facts, I, I, and I want st- to <laughs> stick to the facts, but I also just want you to hear just, uh, again, our heart behind this and what we're trying to do. I um, actually grew up in Castle Rock, I came here in 1988. Uh, I'm about to hit 50 here, so I've been here, been around a while, a little while. Still got a ways to go, uh, but uh, went to Douglas County High School. Uh, loved the town of Castle Rock. Have always loved it. Uh, was away for a while. Came back, and uh, 2014 came to uh, to the Church of the Rock uh, to be on staff and to to help to pastor uh, the Rock. And uh, one of the things that we felt at that time, and as I stepped in, is is that we wanted to be a church that that If we were ever to close our doors that the community would know it uh, that we are actually impacting the people around us and not not just doing everything behind closed doors and having our own little meetings but actually out uh, helping people in need uh, however they need needs however we can meet their needs and so we started on this endeavor working with uh, douglas county And uh, partnered with Douglas County on helping them with foster care needs and um, they they had at that time two uh, foster care uh, families that that were helping out and uh, and so as we came to him we said look we're not trying to do anything on our own like we're not trying to make a name for ourselves. we just want to meet the needs that are in front of us. And uh, and they said, well, can you help us with the foster care? And so uh, we went from having two families in Douglas County to having over 100 families that were trained uh, in just a matter of months. Uh, And that was to meet a need within the county. Uh, As we've progressed here, and I think this is just one of the issues is, as you'll read here, as you've read in this memorandum uh, by the zoning managers, that, well, we didn't we didn't really address this issue of homelessness and and having these trailers on site and and I think times change uh, <laughs> as we are well aware. We've seen COVID and things that have happened and uh, things aren't the same as they used to be and we can't we can't necessarily foresee everything that is in front of us. But our desire as a church and our mandate as a church is to meet the needs uh, in the community. And so this is what we do. Um, in 2015, I, I got on the uh, mental health initiative with Douglas County, and I've been working on the mental health initiative for the past uh, now uh, eight years. Uh, and then uh, Abe Layden, who's the commission, one of the commissioners for Douglas County, uh, started the homeless initiative uh, just, I think, I don't know the exact timing but probably about a year and a half maybe two years ago and uh and asked for me to be on that as well and we begin to address the the homeless issue uh that is a real issue in douglas county uh it, it is a and it's becoming uh a huge issue uh, and we're not trying to increase the issue we're trying to decrease the issue and, and even what we do as we as we're able to put people into these the, the trailer into the rv uh, is is that we're able to take a temporarily bad situation, and and get people back on their feet instead of turning it into a chronic situation. Uh, we never we don't want that to happen. Uh, we want to help people get back on their feet uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, I, I want to share with you just two examples uh, of 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 people that we have had. I don't know. Looking here. Uh, okay, they're not in the audience. I. Um, where I was trying to get one of them to come here so you could meet her, uh, but I'll get back to that point. I, I let me do this. The uh, uh, as uh, our attorney has, has stated that I'm going to kind of go through a few things. I want to make sure I hit these things, uh, and the first one is just how our uh, how what we're doing relates to our mission, and 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 talking about the our our beliefs and our the mandate that we have the. Uh, the commands that Jesus has given us. Uh, I hope it's okay, but I'm going to preach to you guys for just a minute with some scripture. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I want you just to hear these scriptures as, and I, I'm not going to, it's not an exhaustive amount. I could go, there's there's probably 45, 50 scriptures specifically that I could go to that, that kind of address these issues of the poor. But I just want to hit a few so that you get just the sense that these are the things that we, we live by as this is, uh, this, is, this is our belief, this is what Jesus has said, this is what uh, the Old Testament says, it's what the New Testament says. So um, I'm gonna start with just James 1, 26 and 27, and this is out of the message translation, and it says this. It says anyone who sets himself up as, quote, religious by talking a good game is self-deceived. This is the kind of religion that is hot air and only hot air. This is James, he's kind of hits it hard. Uh, it says this though, it says, real religion, the kind that passes muster before God the Father is this, to reach out to the homeless and the loveless in their plight and to guard against corruption from, the, from a godless world. Uh, Another scripture, and this is actually Jesus was talking in this, and it comes from Matthew 25. And he's talking about, at the end, uh, when, we, when we all come before Jesus. And he says this. It says, then the king will say to those on his right. And he's talking about the sheep and the goats. And, and at the end, uh, when Jesus comes back and, he's, and he says he's, there's a separation of the sheep from the goats. And here's, what, here's the part that uh, kind of puts the fear of God in me that this is (laughs) as to why we want to do this. He says, come you who are blessed by my father and take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick, you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did to one of the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, you did to me. Uh, I won't talk about the goats. That was just the sheep. That was the good side. (laughs) uh, Another scripture is, and this is out of the Old Testament, is in Isaiah 58 and it says this. says, is this not the kind of fast that I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke and to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the homeless with shelter? And when you see the naked, to clothe them and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Uh, that one to me is is a very clear scripture about about helping the homeless however we can. Uh, uh, yeah, let me I'll go on and then I'll come back to that. Uh, Leviticus 25, 35 and 36. Uh, Leviticus is probably not one of everyone's favorite scriptures or books, but (laughs) a lot of law. But here's what it says, I want you to hear this. It says, if one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and cannot support himself, support him as you would a foreigner or a temporary resident. Allow him to live with you. Uh, Do not change, do not charge interest or make profit at, at his expense. Instead, show your fear of God by letting him live with you as your relative and this is basically what we're doing is we have these uh uh, these two trailers is is we're we're bringing people on site and we're saying look you're going to live on site and as as pastor andrews said these are wraparound services that we provide so it's not just sticking someone out there but it's actually meeting with them on a daily basis and working with them to quickly get them back on their feet and and into an apartment uh, with a job if they don't have a job uh, and back into uh, Working in society again. Two other scriptures: um, Galatians two nine and ten says this. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who are known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift that God has given has given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. And this is the part here. It says they encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles, while they continued their work with the Jews. Their only suggestion suggestion was that they keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do. Do uh, so you see, I, I can show you all throughout scripture, just that we are called to, to help the poor. I think you guys are getting the point here, but uh, last one I just want to speak to and, and is that of First John three sixteen, and And it says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and so we are to lay our lives down for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possession and sees a brother or a sister in need and has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? And he says, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. So, this just gives you, hopefully, uh, just a kind of a snippet or a part of, of why we do uh, what we do. Uh, it is our job to love those in front of us. I have a, a, a friend and, uh, who uh, she's known very well, but she, she serves uh, over, she feeds over 50,000 people a day in Mozambique. And uh, she has a statement that she says, and it's this. She says, just love the one in front of you. And, and that's really what we're trying to do we, <laughs> somebody's in the room uh, we can't we can't take care of everyone we can't serve every need uh, but we can love the ones in front of us and, and that's what that's what we're trying to do uh, the uh, as I was talking about in you know it's in 2015 we started helping people with um, with the foster care uh that we started the winter shelter network which was another thing um, to help to, it actually to house homeless women and children uh, we saw that as a need in 2015, worked together with a number of churches, created an MOU uh, with Douglas County, uh, and were able to bring uh, homeless women and children into the churches. Uh, we would house them one day a week, and then all the other six churches would house them uh, one day a week, and we'd feed them and take care of them during the winter months, and this was to keep them out of the cold. Uh, unfortunately, um, due to different uh Issues that came up—not uh, issues, but just things that uh, made it uh, not feasible at this time. We that program had to shut down, and so even as that program is shut down, uh, this has been something that has been a huge need to to try to kind of meet some of those where where single moms, um, uh, anyone uh, that, that is in need that that meets certain requirements and. Um, as, as pastor Andrews said, we're, we we do not just take anyone in, but we, we actually partner with uh, the heart team, uh, the castle rock and the Douglas County heart team. And, uh, and then we also partner with Douglas County human services. And so, uh, most of the people that actually come in, uh, to our, to the, to the two units that we have, uh, are, uh, refer- references or they're referred to by, by either the heart team or by Douglas County human services. And, uh. One of the things this allows us to do, or uh, they'll, they'll contact us and say, hey, we have someone, um, uh, we have a single mom, and, and just remembering just recent cases here, single mom with a, with a number of kids under the age of seven years old, and uh, we need help. We have no other solution right now other than to separate the mom from the children in order to put her in a shelter but anytime that that they put someone in a shelter uh, the kids cannot go in the shelter and if you've i've been to these shelters uh, up in denver we don't have them here in castle rock or in douglas county uh, but we do have shelters up in in the denver area and we partner with with groups up there as well um, but if you've if you've ever been up to those the shelters uh, they can be rough places, uh, they're not the, necessarily the safest places, and they don't have the type of services that, um, that I, well, that, that we provide, I think, on a one-on-one basis. Um, you've got a number of people in the same area, and, uh, and we, right now, it's just limited to two. Um, and so, so, so to, to put a mom in one of those units, or in one of those shelters, um, CPS has to come in and remove the kids. Uh, which also adds an additional burden to Douglas County because now we have to find a, a foster care family uh, for those children at the same time. Uh, and so by having uh, these units, we're able to keep those families together, uh, keep the children with the, with the parents or with the mom, uh, and then work with them together to quickly, because it's not the, it's not the best solution in a sense. I mean, it, we'd want them in a home as quickly as possible. Uh, but it's the best solution that we have currently. Uh, I just want to tell you two quick stories. One, uh, I'll just use first names. But uh, we had we had a 27 year old young lady, uh, and uh, and her son who was three years old at the time, and she was in a really tough situation. Uh, her her husband um, was uh, an alcoholic, and uh, and. The day he was going into a two-year rehab facility, and the day before he went in, uh, he was driving her car, totaled her car. They had been evicted from their home. She was planning to sleep in her car, totaled her car, uh, went, into the, uh, went into the two-year rehab facility, and left her and her three-year-old son uh, homeless and without a vehicle. And uh, we were contacted, and we were able to take her in uh, within a short amount of time, she, so she stayed with her three-year-old son in one of the uh, uh, units. We were able to uh, quickly get her a car. Uh, someone donated a car. We got her a car. We also were able to get her uh, a job, and uh, and at the same time, put her three-year-old into childcare. And so, by doing so, um, she was able to work full time. And within it, it took took a little time. I think. In that case, it was close to two months uh, that where she had the job. And then once she had the, uh, could show the income, uh, we were able to get her into a place and, and help put the first month's uh, um, payment down. So we also paid her first month's rent uh, to get her in. Um, and she is doing great. She was the one I was going to have here. Uh, she's doing fantastic. She's got a the full-time job now. She's still working, and she's back on her feet. Had we have not done that, Um, there really wasn't another solution she could have gone up to a shelter and her kid could have been removed from her Uh, but i don't know how well that would have worked out for her Uh, she wouldn't have had a vehicle Um, i I don't think it would have had the same outcome Uh, we had another man uh, the heart team had called me and this was uh, a year ago december Um, if you remember uh, the end of december or right around, right before Christmas, we had some really cold weather. I mean, it was in like negative 15 degrees. Uh, And this was about a week before that uh, 61-year-old man, his name is Fred, and uh, just a great man. I can tell you this, he had uh, never smoked a cigarette, never had a sip of alcohol. Uh, He just, he had some uh, some hard times. Uh, He actually lost a lot of his feeling in his legs. Um, He saw someone go off Uh, off the edge of uh, kind of a cliff into into some really cold water and uh, and actually went in and saved that person's life and in doing so he was in the water so long before the rescue teams came that he lost the uh, the mobility of his legs and and because of that uh, had a hard time keeping jobs after that Uh, but great man uh, great heart and so he was he was to the point where he was in his car uh, doing like the uber eats uh, driving people around and, uh, and his car, his, he had a truck. His truck broke down. Uh, and so the truck went in, in Castle Rock. This happened right here in Castle Rock. And, uh, and here he was, um, completely homeless. Uh, his job was using his truck, so he had no income. And, uh, and now he had no vehicle even to sleep in. And, and it was wintertime, And so in partnership with the Hart team, we were able to bring him in and uh, put him in one of the trailers and it took this one took a couple months Uh, we got his truck fixed Uh, we we actually got a job with fedex and so uh, for quite a bit of time there we actually every day uh, drove him up to denver uh, to his job and then brought him back uh, because he didn't have a vehicle until we could get the vehicle fixed and then he was able to drive himself uh, remained in the in the unit for for a couple months built up income. Uh, and then we were able to get him into an apartment and uh, and he is he is now very he's doing great he's he has his job uh he has a vehicle and and he's back in a home had we have not helped him i don't know where he would be Uh, honestly i don't think he would have survived the winter at negative 15 degrees without a vehicle and uh, and with no place to go and i know people say well you can go up to a shelter uh the problem is especially under the cold conditions and when uh uh, when everyone wants to be in the shelter those shelters fill up quickly and there is there's no room uh in those shelters and there's no place to to put people and this is what we found and so uh, our job is to help these people as best we can we'd love to find other solutions and we're always up for looking for other solutions we're not we're not stuck on doing things a certain way um, but we're doing things the best way that we can with the resources that we have uh I, I want to say uh, there was I know a reference in this uh, memo as well as to why we do not reference the shelter ministry on our website and uh, that's that's basically because this is not something where we just open it up to everyone who uh, who's in need uh, these are, uh we, we are very strict with who we allow to come on and those that are actually willing and wanting to get back on their feet. So we don't just take anyone in. Um, and it's a lot of times it's by reference uh, with the county or with the heart team. Uh, and so we are cautious about that not to advertise it. It's not something that we want advertised and want everybody saying, hey, we want a free place to stay. That's not what we're trying to do. Uh, so that's why it, it is not on the website. Um, and then, also, I know uh, in, the, in the zoning manager's re- whoa, report, <laughs> the, uh, there were some other options that they said would, be, uh, would work instead of what we're doing, which included hotels or uh, transporting them to shelters uh, and then housing them in, in, in members' homes.
2: Uh,
5: and I, I say this, I think that those, are, those bring on a substantial burden. Uh, beyond right now what we're, what we're able to do. Uh, they, they may be options in the future. Uh, but, I mean, even even putting someone in a hotel uh, is, it costs us 70, 75 times more what it costs us to, to put them in, the, uh, in one of our uh, temporary uh, units. And, uh, well, there's something else I was going to say to that. Uh, well, I think the point is, too, that that it's it, it's not the the will use the hotels and we we spend a lot of money on putting people into hotels so it's not that we don't use that uh, but those are for emergency type of situations where we have it, maybe the two uh, units that we have are being used and we put them in there and then we're trying to find another place for them and sometimes we do have to bring them up to the shelter because we don't have another place for them uh, uh, but those that were able to help like the fred and like the the tailor uh, that's not really a feasible solution to have them stay in a hotel for a number of months and it's also harder to do the wraparound services with them it's harder to meet with them on a daily basis uh, to get them back on their feet Uh, trying to think if there's other things that I need to address here I think I think that probably addresses pretty much everything that I had. Yeah, uh, hey, I want to thank you guys uh, for your time, and I just say this: I think uh, I, I was a, I was just a little saddened as as we've met with the town and and we're trying to we are really trying to to make a difference, and we do feel that this is this is. Let me say this: when when. When the town approved the rock to have to be with the PD on 54 acres on the backside of the meadows, uh, we believe that that part of that approval was was what we do. This is this is part of the the uses of a church. This is part of of how we operate. Um, oh, I was going to say this too. I mean, we have as we have uh, Andrew talked about it, but as we have a food bank, uh, as we have the uh, the. The, we call it the blessing room where we have clothes. Uh, it's, it's all these things working together. Our food bank last year, we, we served uh, thousands of people. Uh, we, we actually gave out over 450,000 pounds of food last year uh, to people in need uh, all across Colorado, not just in Douglas County. And, and so our heart and our and we feel our job and our mandate is to make a difference to the people around us and to love them well. And so, I would just encourage you. I just ask you to to consider uh, what we're doing, and and that there are unfortunately no other options uh, that are reasonable options at this time uh, to help these people that are that are struggling. So, God bless you guys, and thank you so much for your time.
4: Just a couple of other things, if uh, if you may, uh, with the board. So. We'd ask that the board accept our appeal letter and the letter that we delivered today as part of its record. Um, <clears throat> wanted to go back, and this is in the uh, this is in the uh, the appeal letter. This was stated by a court over a half a century ago. It's on page seven, but it, it's important. That it bears reading again. The 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 high court in New York, the New York Court of Appeals. What is a church in contemporary society? Well, a church is more than merely an edifice affording people the opportunity to worship God. Strictly religious uses and activities are more than prayer and sacrifice, and all churches recognize that the area of their responsibility is broader than leading the congregation in prayer. Churches have always developed social groups for adults and youth where the fellowship of the congregation is strengthened, with the result that the parent church is strengthened. When a member of the congregation cements friendships with other members of the congregation, the church benefits and becomes stronger. It is a religious activity for the church to provide a place for these social groups to meet, since the church by doing so is developing into a stronger and closer-knit religious unit. To limit a church to being merely a house of prayer and sacrifice would, in a large degree, be depriving the church of the opportunity of enlarging, perpetuating, and strengthening itself in the congregation. So the the ROC believes that it's established by this presentation and what the board has received by a preponderance that the use of its property is either a permitted use or an accessory use. The only issue in this appeal is whether the ROC's use of these campers for temporary shelter for unhoused persons violates the zoning rules that apply. Um, The ROC, agrees with the zoning manager that the board has authority to affirm the zoning manager with conditions We're requesting that you reverse the, the decision of the zoning manager But if you affirm we're asking you to affirm with conditions that address the town's concerns and at the same time Permit the rock to continue this ministry um, I, I guess I would also say we've shown you some overheads. I know Castle Rock's not a giant place and I don't know But if the board finds it appropriate, I think it has the authority to continue this proceeding and make a site visit, if the board board finds it appropriate, uh, to make that site visit before ruling. And so uh, if the board in deliberation finds that appropriate, we'd make that request. Um, uh, In court, we have rebuttal. We didn't, that's not really addressed here. I, we don't intend to address the board further unless there. we might ask for leave if there's something entirely new that we haven't uh, heard before. Thank you for the opportunity and uh, to uh, make this presentation and for hearing our appeal. Yeah.
5: Thank you, guys.
0: Is the town prepared for their presentation?
7: Yes, we are. I think we are getting it pulled up on the screen as we speak. Um, good evening. I am Tara Vargas. I am the Director of Development Services. I oversee the Zoning Manager, um, and I want to also point out that I'm a co-signature on the letter of determination that is being appealed tonight. So, I will be providing the presentation tonight. With me is Tammy King, the Zoning Manager, and we also have Uh, Lindsay Jordan from the town attorney's office, who can help answer any questions if you have some at the end of the presentation. Thank you. All right, I think our presentation is up. Perfect. Um, So, as um, Chair Purcell already stated, uh, the purpose of the meeting tonight is appeal of the administrative decision. This is the code section that regulates uh, the action that the board is taking tonight. Uh, It's in Title 17.06.020B2. The board shall determine whether the manager's decision was consistent with the application of this title and then either reverse excuse me affirm or reverse the manager's decision i do want to make just a statement that this is not a public hearing and there's no public comment that's taken as a part of this uh, tonight i do appreciate that public has attended but it's a little different it's very different than a land use case where we typically have that so i just want to make sure that's clear for everyone Uh, part of the introduction i believe you all we've already um, heard a lot of this as well as uh, spoken about it in the packet too, but uh, the Church of the Rock is, um, through our discussions, and I'll touch on that a little bit, uh, requested approval to use uh, these RVs and campers uh, for temporary shelter on their property. Um, and in, two, in September of 2009, we issued the formal letter of determination, which is what they have appealed. Um, in the town's determination, this use is not an allowable use per the Church of the Rock's PD zoning regulations, and I'll touch on that in just a few moments. Uh, This is a vicinity map. Uh, You can see where the property is located. Um, It is surrounded by single-family homes that are located in the Meadows uh, Third Amendment area. These are some photos of the two campers taken in March um, of 2021. I believe the applicant had stated uh, that the uses began in 2023, um, but they were uh, starting in 2021, which is addressed in our timelines. Little history of the approvals on the property as they relate to the annexation and zoning, as these are the property rights that govern the property. Uh, town council did approve the annexation and zoning for the property in 2003. Uh, It was a lengthy process. There was a lot of meetings and negotiations and discussions on the property. Um, It went to numerous uh, public hearings. I believe it went to planning commission twice uh, before it uh, finally concluded through town council. Uh, What was adopted at that time, um, annexation, is when this property legally uh, left unincorporated Douglas County and became incorporated into the town of Castle Rock. That means the town of Castle Rock's governing is now the governing body for rules and regulations for the property. Uh, A custom PD, in this case the Church of the Rock Plan Development, is a set of zoning guidelines that were put in place for the property that is also in your packet. Uh, Castle Rock, as well as a uh, number of um, communities in this area, have custom plan development. Um, there are zoning regulations that govern the property. Uh, all property in town is not governed the same. If you live in the Meadows PD, Third Amendment, uh, that's slightly different than the Meadows Fourth Amendment, uh, which is different than Founders Village, uh, which is different than uh, Montaine. So each of the various areas around town have a custom PD. These PD, when I say PD, I'm sorry. I'm if I'm speaking too fast, uh, Plan development has very specific identified uses. Uh, it's not just the uses, it's the location of where the uses can be on the property, uh, the densities of the uses, how large some of the structures can be, um, how many square feet can be a part of a, a commercial or in this case a church use, as well as the number of units if they're residential or multifamily. So this is not a new thing. this is not different than any other property in town in how PDs are created. Um, It's just that each area and town has their own set of regulations. Uh, Feel free to ask me questions on that later, too. Um, I do want to clarify, or the the image on the slide is from Title 17, so this code section from 1734.010 is in the Castle Rock Municipal Code, which is the law that governs our land use, Um, and it very clearly states that PD zoning regulations constitute the formally approved um, overall zoning plan for a property. They contain the mapped information regarding the layout of the general use areas, open spaces, public land dedications, trails, major streets, other significant public improvements and easements. And the PD zoning regulations specify permitted uses, uh, densities, and other important development controls for each use area and the property as a whole. So when we talk about, as I will talk about how the proposed use is not uh, one of the permitted uses, it comes from their specific land use entitlements. Uh, This is a SNP or an image, excuse me, from the Church of the Rock Plan Development. This is what Town Council approved uh, in 2023. Um, The applicant makes note that the permitted uses are church and related uses, but this is a subsection that really clarifies what those uses are. Um, Number one is a church. Uh, There are church-related educational facilities specifically identified. In other areas of the zoning, that density is capped as to the number of students that can be there a church-related daycare center subject to licensing requirements of the state, parsonage it, nonprofit ministry-related administrative offices, trails, pedestrian, and bicycle, open space and ponds. I should probably not read every word for you. Uh, But number eight, indoor and outdoor church-related recreational facilities, Uh, utilities under number nine, and number 10, uh, the public and private streets and drives. The reason I'm taking my time to talk through these is there are numerous uses that were identified and discussed and put into um, this zoning document. And church-related uses was not loosely used or undefined. It's very specific. On this list, there are three church-related uses listed. Number two, uh, related educational facilities. Number three, related daycare center. And then under number eight, uh, there was indoor and outdoor church-related recreational facilities. So I want to make it clear that this is the governing document of uses for this property. I want to speak to um, one thing that the applicant stated about how times change, and it could be that at the time that these were put in place that they didn't recognize all the uses or all the needs that they might want to provide. Um, And to that effect, that's not any different than any property owner in town. Uh, Their uses or needs to utilize their property change. That's why the town code provides for the option to rezone or amend the zoning on your property. So, there is an avenue for this property owner to come before town council and request a rezoning and make their case to the town council, which is the body that approves the uses in the town. I want to walk through a couple of the other um, elements of the history of approvals. In 2003, a development agreement was entered into between the property owner and the town. This is a common contractual agreement uh, that pretty much happens on all um, uh, annexations and zonings in Castle Rock. The general concept and requirement for the agreement is where a property owner agrees to develop in accordance with the PD zoning and all town regulations, and in return, the town agrees to serve that property with municipal services. Specifically for this property, and this is, again, an exhibit in your packet, uh, the owner affirmed that this development plan will serve their current and future needs and that it does not place a substantial burden on the owner's exercise of religion or ability to worship. Um, I do have a section there, and I will not read that whole paragraph for you, but it is in your exhibit. Uh, But it really talks through that they acknowledge that there are restrictions and limitations on development for the property, uh, that uh, that there is a compelling governmental interest, and that the provisions hereof are the least restrictive possible to accomplish um, their ability to exercise religion. The words in this statement come from the Railupa regulations, which the applicant did speak to, and I have some other slides on that. This development agreement was agreed to in 2003. The RALUPA regulations at the federal level were established in 2000. So this was a very specific negotiated uh, point of contention between the town and the church at the time. So if they needed to make a change to their uses, they have the avenue of coming forward on a rezoning. But just um, because of a RALUPA regulation does not give them the blank check opportunity to change their uses as they see fit. So I just want to point that out also. A little bit additional on the history of approval. So once a property is zoned in the town, before they can go out and build, no matter who the property owner is, they have to go through a site development plan process. Um, In 2005, uh, the church went through their final PD site plan. Uh, That required them to show the layout, where the church is gonna be located, where the parking lot's going to be, where the landscaping will be. Uh, There's additional multiple sheets to the set, but drainage, easements, utilities, all of those things are shown. Uh, It also requires them to show the detailed architectural elevations of what they're going to construct. The image on the right is a simple layout from their uh, 2007 amendment, but you can see the proposed church building is shown. Future expansions are shown in dashed lines uh, labeled FUT period. You can see the parking areas surrounding the church and the drive aisles. Um, On the bottom of the image, you also see an east uh, elevation of the church. Um, Nowhere in the plans that were approved in 2005, Or the amendment in 2007, which just made a change to some of the amounts of parking that were going to be constructed, nowhere is there areas labeled for temporary shelter um, or parking of RV or campers or additional uses on the site. Uh, So that is a requirement on all properties uh, that those things are shown as they go through the site development plan process. Excuse me. Um, And then additionally, in 2013, they made a second amendment. Uh, we also changed the name of the document, so this is called a site development plan. That was a, it's the same as the previous final PD site plan, so we chain, made a change to documents townwide. Uh, their amendment in 2013 was very specific to adding two modular classrooms on the site, uh, showing where they would be located, as well as architectural details required. As you recall, church-related educational facilities are an allowed use on the property. However, there still is the requirement, the land use requirement to do a site development plan showing where those will be located um, and what they look like. The image in the upper right uh, shows the overall site plan with a box for an enlarged site plan. Uh, The box on the left is that enlargement showing the two modular classrooms uh, surrounded by landscaping as well as some of the parking spaces and then the elevation. Again, I use this as an example of a document that does not show any indication of RV parking or trailer parking or temporary shelter provisions um, on the property. So, the use of RV campers for temporary shelter uh, were never contemplated or intended with the plan development zoning uh, or any of the subsequent land use approvals. We've also gone back through minutes of some of the planning commission and town council meetings that occurred in 2003. Uh, There's expressed discussion that no residential uses will be on this property. Uh, there was They were never brought, that use was never brought to um, any of the public hearings for public comment or any of the neighborhood meetings that were held at that time. Uh, this use was also never brought specifically before town council or approved by town council and town council is the only body that can approve uses for a property through the zoning process uh, we also do process rezonings uh, which is what town staff is stating would be the acceptable route uh, for this property owner to pursue so what is rai lupa is the religious land use and institutionalized persons act of 2000 um, i got some information for the group today off of the department of justice webpage Um, Our our lawyers do a great job of writing uh, all the specifics in the letters, but sometimes some simple bullets uh, can help clarify uh, what these are. Uh, This was a land use provisions of Railupa. They're put in place to protect individuals, houses of worship, and other religious institutions from discrimination in zoning and landmarking laws. Uh, There's a number of important protections. Um, I have them on this slide and the next, but the first one is really protection against a substantial burden on religious exercise. So Rai prohibits prohibits implementation of any land use regulation that would impose a substantial burden on the religious exercise of a person or a religious assembly um, or an institution except where justified by a compelling governmental interest. Uh, we all agreed at the time of zoning on this property that the list of uses and zoning restrictions were not a substantial burden on the property, and the property owner agreed to that. Uh, RaiLupa also provides protection against the unequal treatment for religious assemblies and institutions. So we cannot treat a religious assembly or institution differently than we would treat a non-religious institution or assembly. And we do not. The requirements of PD zoning um, and the requirement for a property owner to do uh, follow the uses that are allowed for their land are the same uh, all across town. Um, So we are not uh, going after this institution um, or this uh, business owner. Uh, we issue notice of violations and letters of determinations um, on a regular basis um, and work with property owners to get to compliance Additionally Railupa provides protection against uh, religious or denominational discrimination it also provides protection against total exclusion of religious assemblies and it provides protection against unreasonable limitation of religious assemblies uh, the town does not feel that we are violating their Ralupa the rights that they have under Railupa Uh, the town's determination that rv campers used for temporary shelter is not an allowed use on the site and that is not a substantial burden on the rocks free exercise of religion uh, their ability to assemble uh, their ability to run their compassionate care program Uh, but we do feel that there are other avenues that they can pursue unless they also pursue a property zoning change so a little bit on the timeline i know this has been addressed a little bit um, but in march in 2021 Uh, The adjacent HOA reported uh, that they had residents reporting to them that there were campers on the property and folks living in them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I think a reference might have also been made to a porta potty. Um, Over the next several months, we uh, continued to receive calls and emails um, from residents with similar complaints. We did reach out to the owner multiple times. Uh, We were unable to get a response from them during that period, uh, which led to us writing an official uh, notice of zoning violation on November 10th, 2021. Um, We stated that the RV campers were not allowed to be on the property. Um, We did send that certified mail. Uh, The front desk staff at the church refused to accept it, and so it was returned to the town. Uh, We were able to get a variety of emails and text messages and finally got connected with the right folks at the church, uh, which we appreciated. bottom of the slide, I have a couple of photos from April of 2021 and then again in November of 2021. Over the next year, um, as the church stated, we had a variety of meetings and discussions um, with the church. Our position has always been that these are not an allowed use on the property, um, and they have um, maintained uh, very pleasantly that their determination is that it is an allowed use Uh, So as as stated, we agreed to disagree on some of that. Um, In November of last year, November 9th, 2021, uh, we sent a letter from the town attorney's office in hopes that we would get um, a little bit more attention or time at the table. Uh, We had requested a meeting, uh, and then we did have several meetings following, uh, following that letter. I would like to, I guess, point out that although we had all these meetings and worked together, the town never indicated that it was an allowed use. Uh, We always uh, stated, honestly, that we appreciated the large heart uh, and compassionate heart that the church has, but unfortunately, the zoning laws in place for the property did not allow this use and that there were other avenues that they could pursue. And so, that's led to why we're here tonight. Uh, September 29th, we sent the letter of um, determination that allows uh, the owner to appeal within uh, 15 days uh, to be heard by the Board of Adjustment, which they did do. And this hearing is taking place within uh, the 60 days from when they appealed it. A Couple other photos, these are from December of 2021, and then again in April of 2022. So what you're tasked with tonight is not determining if helping someone in need is the right thing to do. What you're tasked with tonight is determining if the zoning manager made a decision that was consistent with the application of Title 17. Um, It's right there in the statement from the code. That is your job this evening, uh, to make a determination on whether the manager's decision was consistent with the application of the title, and then either affirm or reverse the manager's decision. As town staff, uh, we've provided um, our thoughts and comments in the staff report, as well as some findings of facts that I'll touch on in a few moments. Um, But overall, in conclusion, the use of using the campers for the occasional temporary shelter of folks in need was never contemplated uh, in 2003, was never discussed in any of the public neighborhood meetings or at public hearings, um, nor was it approved uh, by the town of Castle Rock at that time. Uh, The use was not brought before town council. A Town council is the only body that can approve uses for a property through the normal land use channels of a zoning, uh, rezoning process. Um, we fi- feel that this use is not customarily incidental or natural use related to the church operations. So we find that it's not an accessory use. Uh, the zoning manager's determination, though, does not prohibit the church from requesting a rezoning uh, through town council. It also does not prevent the church from uh, continuing a different version of their compassionate care program. It doesn't prevent them from assembling um, and exercising their rights of religion. Uh, We find that the zoning manager made an appropriate determination for the proposed use. And so, in that regard, we have a proposed motion uh, with findings of fact for your consideration. Uh, If you determine tonight that the zoning manager's determination was appropriate and you choose to deny the appeal, uh, we have a recommended motion. I'd like to read through it because it does hit on all of the findings uh, that staff would like to make sure are addressed uh, for all this evening. our proposed motion is to move to deny the appeal by Church of the Rock of the zoning manager's determination for 4881 Cherokee Drive based on the following findings. The zoning manager's determination is consistent with the application of Title 17 and the plan development based upon one, the only allowed residential use contemplated for the property is for a parsonage pursuant to the Casarock municipal code, section 17.34.10, The PD plan and PD zoning regulations constitute the formally approved overall zoning plan for the property. The PD zoning regulations specify the permitted uses. Three, a parsonage is a permanent place of residence of the pastor or minister of the church, and the ROC agrees that RVs and campers on its property are not for a parsonage. The ROC's intended use of the RVs and campers on the property is to house people in need. Number six, Any residential use of the property is not allowed pursuant to the PD zoning regulations. The use of RV campers is not an accessory use of the property. No evidence was provided that use of RV campers to provide people experiencing homelessness is a customary, incidental, or natural use related to church operations. The Rock never informed the town during the development of the planning documents that it intended to provide temporary shelter to people in need on the property with RVs and campers. And from 2005 through 2021, the ROC did not utilize RVs and campers as temporary shelter for persons in need. 11, the residential restrictions set forth in the PD zoning regulations are reasonable and do not create a substantial burden on the ROC's ability to exercise its religion. Alternative methods are available to the ROC and its members to assist people in need with securing shelter. The ROC is not prohibited from operating its compassionate care programs, including its food bank or blessing rooms from the property. The Rock did not have a pre-existing expectation that the property could be used to house RVs and campers for temporary shelter because it did not include those uses in the initial development plans. And as such, the subject was not vetted through public comment and town council approval. And finally, 15, the Rock is not prohibited from applying for a zoning amendment to request uh, residential uses or, in their words, um, the occasional sheltering of folks in need. So that concludes. Uh, my staff presentation, I do feel like I should talk longer because it wasn't an equal balance of time there, um, but happy to answer any questions that the board may have. Again, I um, think I just want to touch on that we have worked together um, over the years uh, with the church, um, always had very pleasant uh, meetings with them, very respectful, um, and I think we're just at the place where we've continued to state it's not an allowed use, and they have continued... Uh, to be passionate that it's something that they do and they don't want to remove and so that's what's led us to being here tonight um so there you go i've got questions uh, or if you have questions i've got answers and if i don't have them uh, tammy king or lindsay jordan will have them as well so thank you for your time
0: at this point do any of the board members have questions for either the town or the applicant go ahead
8: Uh, Excuse me. This is for the applicant. Uh, And by the way, I did make a site visit. On Sunday, I believe. And at that time I counted three what looked to me to be vehicles that were parked back there. There's been discussion consistently about two, but my count was three. Is there three now there, or is it two? Okay, thank you. Um, My question (laughs) When the idea came up for the campers, when you were discussing it internally, at that point, did you consider coming to the town and asking uh, how how that fit into the zoning? And if you did consider that, why did you not take that action?
5: We did come to the town initially to look at different options and uh, And our understanding was uh, we could not put a fixed structure on the property because of the zoning regulations, which is why we used our parking lot. And I was looking at the parking lot, wondering, uh, did we need to specify which cars were gonna be in which spots on the parking lot and how big the cars could be? And so these are all vehicles on wheels and that's why we went with this uh, understanding and our understanding that that there is no restriction to having an RV uh, or, a, or a camper on the, on the back of our property. We have we have school buses, we have different things. We've had the RV there, or we, we've had the camper there since 2006, and it hasn't been an issue. Um, and so that's why we went that direction versus trying to put a, a permanent structure out there, uh, which would have required a, a change in the zoning code. Do
8: I have, am I sure. able to follow up questions? Um, So if the camper had been there for a period of time, and if I'm understanding you correctly, when you came to the town, camper was already there? Correct. Okay. And you came away from the town discussions understanding that a permanent fixture would not be allowed. Was there discussion about the temporary campers that were there, camper that was there at that point?
5: I can't, well, what we decided, uh, what we talked about was we would keep it on we would have it on wheels instead of a permanent structure i i i think i asked the question um, as long as it's on wheels it's it doesn't require a change in the zoning correct and the answer was yes because it's it's in our it's in our parking lot we're not we're not asking for any other structures and so um, at that point that's where we actually took that trailer and modified it from what it was being used for into something that could be used to to actually to, to temporarily house someone. Thank you. Follow-up question for staff. Uh, in
8: that discussion, was it presented as a alternative? Was that discussion that took place that you all recall? And if there was no discussion on that, what was one left to interpret? That putting it on wheels was acceptable, or was it determined that from the town perspective that was not acceptable?
7: I'm not aware of the discussion that Pastor Paul Hamas is speaking of. Uh, We were notified by the neighboring HOA, as well as some neighbors, that people were living in campers on the property, Um, and so that's when we looked into it. And in all of our discussions and um, letters and meetings, we stated that was not an allowed use. So, I'm not familiar with that. I'll ask Tammy to speak to if she had any other specific conversations.
2: I can honestly say I don't remember that conversation so it was not with me um, I don't know which you know town member he spoke to but it was not me
0: Thank
8: you I have no other questions
0: I've got a question which is uh, for the applicant as well uh, I understand the, the point that you guys have made about accessory use and about continuing the mission of the church uh, my question is about to to what extent, uh, where is the limit for that you know in this case here we're talking about two or potentially three RVs why not five why not 30 why not fifty of them and then even extending that question a little further uh, with regards to the changing nature over time if part of the church's mission if the church decided to modify their mission to to help you know just to use an example to help people uh, get jobs and steady income <coughs> what would prevent from from trying to do you know, heavy industry activities or, or anything else that's disruptive there uh, short of other you know building permanent uh, structures on on the property it, are there limits do you see uh, limits to this type of of activity in, in terms of determining what is part of your mission uh, moving forward
5: that's a tough question to answer in mm-hmm. specifics other than i would say i mean our intent is to work with the town and with the community um and for 54 acres i think we look at it right now as two or three uh rvs or trailers on the back side that are out of view of of the homeowners um, as we were showing like minimum of 350 to 400 feet away um we're we're trying to be reasonable we're not putting them close to 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 homes uh, and uh and so i i i can't say exactly uh what we would do there or what we're trying to do but we're, we are trying to be reasonable, and I, I guess as if you look at what we've done to date um, with our different programs that we've done with the food bank, with the with the housing, I, we believe that we've been very reasonable with the town and have not done anything to create any uh, any safety issues or any blight to the to the community. Uh, so, so that's I don't know if that answers your question. Uh, we, we don't plan to do any industrial things. And, uh, <laughs> Good I idea. No,
4: not <laughs> I'm just gonna add to that, Chair Purcell. In the discussions that occurred, the ROC made a specific commitment not to expand the temporary shelter program. And the the board will note there was a delay, there were there was a two-year period. The, and the church made a specific commitment in discussions with the board. Um, and that commitment has been kept to date. Not to expand that, that uh, the shelter ministry.
5: And I know you were saying we went to three. It, this was the d- discussion is that um, we would hold to two and, and the town would, would basically let this stand as is. Um, and then when, when that changed, when we got the letter of determination, we said, well, if we get a letter of determination that changes things on your end, uh, then we don't believe that we need to hold necessarily to the two, but we're holding at three.
4: Let me just be clear here for the board. The the, the town never committed that it would not uh, make a determination. No, that's true. Yeah. Okay, in those discussions. The church is the party to those discussions that made the commitment to not expand the program.
3: Yeah. Um, I have a question for the town. Um, we have a date of the first quarter of 2021 as kind of the moment of discovery, if you will, and then we have a final notice of letter of determination in September of 23. Um, That time period is long given kind of the severity of the violation. Um, I've got some thoughts about it, but my question pointedly is why did it take so long and what was the catalyst that finally made someone sit down and, and type out this letter?
7: Sure, I'll take a first stab at answering that question, then turn it over to to Tammy. Um, Our zoning department um, only has, I think, three staff members in it. We have one zoning manager, and we have one zoning code enforcement officer or uh, inspector, um, and then we have a neighborhood liaison. So we routinely, um, we're proactive-based, or excuse me, reactive-based, so we respond on a complaint base. We don't drive around town looking for issues. Uh, So we respond to residents and businesses as they bring issues to us, and then we go and investigate. Uh, We issue at first um, a courtesy letter, so letting them know that uh, there's an issue on the property. That's what happened in March, Uh, and then we give them uh, sometimes 30 days or 60 days to clean up their issue, whether it's junk wrecked vehicles, um, uh, untidy um, weeds exceeding 12 inches in height, um, debris or uh, trash on the property Um, in this case. Uh, use. So, we usually work, we're very, we try to be very friendly in our first initial discussions and try to work with our community. We're not a heavy-handed jurisdictional uh, type of environment and CASRARC just hasn't been that way. Uh, In this case, it took a while to hear back from the applicant each time we'd reach out. Uh, Voicemail boxes were always full, emails would go unanswered, and then when we would write letters, some of them would come back uh, unaccepted. Um, So, we, kept plodding along, uh, we would get a response on various things like, oh, yep, we'll, we'll look into that and we'll get back to you. There was a variety of other issues we were working with this property owner on related to uh, both weeds and um, some outdoor tents and items that were put up without permits. Um, uh, initially, I think their food bank building also. So, we, so we've worked with them, but it's been a long time. There's long gaps in communication where we've not heard back from them. Uh, And then we've ratcheted up a little bit over time. So, I would say that, really, that November um, 9th letter of 2010, we sent from our zoning department, uh, did not get very much response to at all. Uh, So then, when we sent the one uh, the following year from the town attorney's office, uh, we uh, expeditiously expeditiously started getting responses, and our requests to meet um, were met. So that's my take on it. Um, I've been with the department 13 years, and that we've always run a very slim zoning division um, and proceeded uh, along with each case to try to get voluntary compliance. Uh, We don't have, um, we don't take a lot of cases to municipal court to get them to remove junk wrecked vehicles and those are landscaping or whatever the issue is. So we've always tried to get compliance. In this case, once we finally started having a response from the church and having meetings with them, they were very gracious on explaining their reasons as to why they were not going to remove uh, the tr- campers, and we indicated why they needed to. So it's just taken us a while to get there. It hasn't always been um, the the highest thing on the priority list either. To be fair, Tammy, is there anything you'd like to apply or state for that?
2: No, I think you know it schedules too with getting people because that we wanted the town manager even got involved in the last year um, with meetings, and so. We went a whole year of meetings with the town and their staff and we got to a stalemate. That's where the letter of determination came into effect is that we needed another body to look at this item and determine whether my determination, the town's determination was correct.
3: My question is for the applicant, ignoring for a moment that this is a religious institution if you were just a building in castle rock did the town act appropriately in issuing you a letter of determination based on zoning so you know you're not considering our lupa you're considering the fact that it's got zoning laws based on the that run with the land did the town act appropriately in your opinion
4: uh, member Richards so the the one of the arguments that the uh, church has made is that this is a permitted use under the plain language if you just read it uh, this is a church related use um, and the dispute has been well how close does this have to be to a church program to be an ancillary use so putting aside the uh, the um, the RALUPA issue um, I, yeah, I believe that this is an ancillary use. Um, the, but probably what carries the day is the consideration that um, this is a church, and, um, and the board has a special obligation to carefully consider and apply the federal laws. Um, and in this case, as, as, as we pointed to, there are, we have conceded with the board that we can't hand you a specific case where this exact factual situation arose. But we have provided you um, with uh, other cases considering um, this exact same situation with regard to an ancillary use, and the courts have found that, um, that it's a permitted use. And the, the um, it's unknown as we sit here today whether any uh, zoning uh, application would be approved by the town. It'd be subject to a Significant delay, a significant process. There's no doubt that that there would be significant uh, controversy with regard to to that request. Um, the the law and the case law directs the board. I think to consider that a church um, doesn't get special privileges, but its purpose and its mission can change. And if a specific use of the property is not addressed, or not identified. That doesn't mean that it uh, that is not going to be, or it shouldn't later be permitted as uh, a, as an ancillary use um, to the primary use. That's how I'd answer your question, uh, Member Richards.
9: Yeah,
3: I'm done. Okay.
9: Uh, We've got some questions for the applicant first. Um, are the individuals uh, that participate in this program that live in your campers or, or temporary reside in the campers? Uh, are they required to participate in any of your services within the church outside of the uh, uh, the care services that you provide, as far as uh, you know, services within your congregation, Sunday services?
5: No, no, they're not required to. We we invite them to be a part of it, but uh, but there's no requirement. The only requirement is that. Uh, they work with us on an ongoing basis, uh, to uh, with the wraparound services to help them get back on their feet. So, yeah, we're not we're not trying to convert anyone. Uh, we're just we just want to love them.
9: Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, recognizing that the majority of this conversation tonight has been about these RVs. However, in your letter, uh, your appeal letter, you talk about the winter shelter network. I know you spoke about that a little bit earlier how that is sort of uh, uh, out of operation right now. But if that were to come back into operation, regardless of decisions that are made here tonight, uh, would you continue or, you know, say tomorrow, uh, provide overnight shelter to and food to women and children within the main church building, regardless of the determination tonight for the RVs, whether the RVs have to go or not?
5: let me just clarify the the question are you saying that if the winter shelter network were to activate again and the churches were to work together um would we be a part of that
9: right would you be a part of that would you continue to use your church building for the resident the temporary residential use oh absolutely you intend to do that
5: yeah Uh, yeah of course yeah we would open it up and got it uh
9: if if we could we just doing it
5: seven days a week is that's why we had seven churches part actually we had more than seven churches, but seven that were actually opening their church for one day a week. Sure. Uh, but the, the issue with that not issue, the burden with that is that we had to have someone uh, stay overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was an overnight operation where we have someone uh, on site staying overnight with the people that are there. Uh, the advantage of the trailers and the RV is that we don't have to have someone there overnight. We're just there uh, throughout
9: the day to work with them with the wraparound services. Sure. Got it. Um, That just, it it makes it a little difficult, and I'll just make a short statement. It makes it difficult to to recognize how that is, you know, meaningfully curtailing your ability to practice when you would still continue it without the the RVs. Um, Question then, moving to staff. Your November 10th, 2021 letter states that the nature of the violation is allowing storage and residency in the property. Um, You know, use of, and then in your November, 2022 letter, it states, again, the use of RVs for residential purposes, as well as storage uh, of these vehicles on the property. And so just curious why the letter of determination did not address storage of these uh, these campers, you know, they could continue to be there if they quit using them as residential uh, uses. Is is that your position? Is that the town's position?
7: Um, yeah, we addressed both the uh, the storage of the campers because we didn't know at first what was happening in them uh, in those initial letters, uh, both the storage and the residential use of them. After the last couple sets of meetings uh, with the church they were clear that they were being used uh, for shelter needs, and so that's why our letter of determination focused on that. Uh, But to your point, um, Commissioner, the permitted uses do not allow RV or camper storage on the property. Some PDs in town do. Um, Obviously, when you uh, pay monthly to park your RV at a storage facility, they're zoned for that use, Uh, but this property is also not zoned for that use.
9: Right, okay. So kind of referencing back to this point about in their their appeal letter, it states since 2016 they provided overnight shelter to homeless individuals within an open area inside the church building. Uh, And the third paragraph of this memo for tonight states that uh, it's from the zoning manager, uh, providing such charitable services does not, this is quote, providing such charitable services does not automatically qualify efforts to provide temporary residential quarters on the property as a natural and normal incidental use related to the Rock's church operations. And the September 29th letter determination also states, a parsonage is the only accessory residential use permanent, or permitted. So is it appropriate for the board and for the church to infer that the town's position is that any temporary overnight shelter on the property, including within the building, is in fact a zoning violation?
7: Yes, we feel that it is. It was not listed in any of the planned development zoning documents. It was not discussed at that time. I think when, um, when they let us know that they were doing it indoors um, previous to the campers, you know, it did not come to our attention. It was not something that a, a resident nearby had complained about, so we were not aware of it. Uh, we were not asked directly about it or we would have responded in that same way
9: okay because that was going to be my follow-on question was why it was not addressed within the uh, letter of determination but that makes sense um, at to that you.
7: time they stated they were no longer doing that okay and so it was not a current zoning violation
9: got it okay um so well, talk uh, Vice to chair m- lions yes sir may
4: the applicant be heard in, in sure, response to course. that question Th- that is not the question before the Board of Adjustment. That is a that would be an entirely separate issue. Yes, sir. And it would be inappropriate for the Board of Adjustment to make a finding that the use of the church's uh, indoor property was prohibited. I would note that for all the period that the Winter Shelter Network was going, the town ta- uh, the town uh, uh, never uh, said anything about it. There right. was it was never an issue.
9: Yep. I agree, I, I follow, and I'm, I'm getting to a point. Uh, the PD also states, this is again for the town, the PD also states that outdoor storage is a temporary use, so not including some of these SNPs here, but reading the entire PD. Um, there are trailers, shipping containers, commonly referred to as connex boxes, also stored on the property, uh, taking parking spaces, and these items were pointed out by neighbor complaints uh did the town assess those when writing this letter of determination
7: you know not the specific one Uh, we have um on various points in time discussed with the church about some of the things stored on their property i believe one of the modulars that came onto the property came in ahead of any sort of permitting or approval Back to the 2013 approval, they requested first to bring in modulars for the educational facilities before they brought them on, and so that went through the appropriate site development plan process. Uh, Later, when the the food bank modular came up, it showed up um, um, ahead of any approvals, so we worked with them first on a temporary use permit uh, to allow that to be there, and I believe we did finalize a site development plan amendment or minor amendment for it to remain. Um, we, We went back and forth on a variety of things. When they set up a tent for um, summer uh, outdoor worship, um, that also needs to go through the appropriate temporary use permits. Um, and so, there have been numerous times where sometimes the regulations have been followed and sometimes they haven't. So, we've communicated that uh, that with them. On the connexes specifically, um, I'm not sure that we've sent a letter to them on that uh, specifically. Um, we do get complaints on various businesses in town and then we go and investigate and send them similar uh, letters of determination notices of violation and request that they be removed and they usually remove them or go through a process to get a more formal uh, permanent approval for them but i don't believe there's any in place for this one Tammy, is that correct that is correct and
2: the the use of the connects to our um, understanding was that it was also for storage related to the, um, the use of the trailers okay so for us and for the school which the school itself has an approval there's a school property on the property currently that we're working with them to get brought into compliance but again it was brought onto the property prior to any approval with the town
9: and thank you in in reference to the tent did they uh, did the church obtain the temporary use permit or was that operation sort of ended around the time that you sent that notice
2: um, that went for this year. They did not um, acquire a temporary use permit the tent went away Before we were to the point of prosecution on that one.
9: Got it. So my all of this is wrapping up I'll, I'll, I'll finish and appreciate uh, Everybody being patient My concern is going back to uh, you know, the, the overall chapter 17 for board of uh, board of adjustment in that uh, section 1706020 b 5 that the board shall not consider an appeal which is the same or substantially the same as the appeal previously considered and ruled upon by the board. Uh, my concern is that, that the town could issue another letter of determination to the church for uh, in the church building, residential, temporary residential use, and they would not be able to then appeal, potentially, right? I, I think that the letter of determination is incomplete in addressing all the all the matters that are of the topic tonight
7: um, it could be that the topic tonight is specifically to the rv campers being used for temporary shelter so although this property owner in the town have had discussions over the years on other items those are not before um the board tonight i do think they uh, maybe shed some light as to mm. the the amount of communication and the various um, ways that this property have evolved over the years. Uh, Sometimes questions are asked first and applications are made appropriately, and sometimes uh, there's a little cleanup at the end. Uh, But tonight, we are solely hearing an appeal on the letter of determination that only spoke to uh, the RV and campers being used for uh, residential use and temporary shelter. So that is what what you are charged with tonight on determining. (coughs)
9: understood so just so i'm clear for my own peace of mind if a new letter of determination for residential use within the building were issued and the uh, appellant were to appeal again we could hear that
7: that would be a new appeal
9: okay thank you thank you
0: i did have one more follow-up question Uh, it is my opinion that in the process of creating zoning regulations, perhaps the most critical step is the opportunity for the public to give their comments and their feedback. Um, in this situation with these specific to these RVs and these campers, that step has been bypassed or, or the public hasn't had that opportunity to, to make, that, uh, make their, their opinions known. Has the church either proactively or even reactively reached out or spoken with neighboring property owners and neighboring HOAs or other constituents to to gauge their opinions, to get their feedback, and to try to fill in the gap that they did not have as an opportunity
5: earlier. It is our understanding, and I, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm fairly certain uh, that there is only one uh, person within the community that is actually making a uh, a complaint and we have reached out to her, uh, but that is the, the only person that we are aware that's making a complaint. So this isn't like a, we're not seeing a number of complaints come in. It's actually just one person who is making every complaint that we have on the property <laughs> all the time. Uh, yeah, so I, I believe we've addressed it with that person. Um, if there's others, we would be happy to, to meet with them. and. Uh, and address any issues or any concerns we we don't believe that there are any concerns Um, I think safety is the one issue we hear is that um, well if you're bringing in homeless people that are on drugs and and they're going to break into our homes and and we're we're saying look those these are not the people that we're bringing in we're bringing in these uh, you know single moms with kids uh, 61 year old man with a uh, that has a c- absolutely clean record um, and are just trying to get back on their feet. So uh, outside of the, the safety issue, we, we really don't know the issues that are or, or the concerns that are at hand, other than I'll just say this, that the one person has will make every complaint. They've told us that our lights are too bright at night, that um, uh, noise is too loud. When there is no noise, there just a number of issues, and so um, our hope is that we can work with our community, and uh, and we're never trying to to create problems. We're trying to create solutions.
4: Just to follow up on that, Chair Purcell, the uh, applicant has not previously been provided the complaints that were provided. Um, they may have been. It's hard to tell. There were communications, but. Um, they weren't provided and of course um uh this is um uh pastor pulhamis's understanding the complaints are redacted so the applicant is unable to know who who's making the the complaints
0: understood
5: although we kind of (laughs) know
9: yeah any further questions
0: would anybody like to
9: make a motion one last question Sorry. it could be for the town or for the applicant but uh, uh, I understand there's a pre-application pending right now is that intended to uh, to allow change the the zoning to allow this use is that the intention on that pre-application
4: my um, no. Chair Lyons there has been there there have been some discussions between the town officials and the um, church relating to potential changes. Um, it's unknown at this time where those discussions will lead, and there's certainly no concrete
9: plans. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I,
5: and I would just add, I think at this point we just don't believe what we're doing requires a change to the zoning. I think that's the that's the point that that we're making. If we do need to make a change to the zoning, I guess that would be the next step. But um, because they're on our parking lot and they're on wheels uh, and we've never had an issue with with the trailers that we've had on the property and now all of a sudden it's because of the of someone temporarily living in there that's where the that's where the complaint has happened and so it really comes down to can we temporarily put someone in a in a unit um, to get them back on their feet and and I think that's where we say that's part of the church. I know there was a statement made that uh, that this does it doesn't place a burden on us to exercise religion and our ability to worship and I would say if this uh, went through um, with with this change it would absolutely create a burden on us uh, to do what we feel uh, we are required to do as a church. So,
3: I have a question for the applicant. If you're not pleased with the board's decision are you going to bring this to the next level which i understand is district court is that the intention
4: so, um so member richards we would not anticipate um the board doing anything other than denying uh, or reversing i should say the zoning manager's decision
7: we haven't had that
4: discussion uh, the church is trying to be a good member uh, of the community we'd have to evaluate that um, uh, but as we have indicated we believe that the board has authority if it decides to affirm the decision with conditions and that that is an opportunity for this board perhaps to resolve the issue between the parties
3: my follow-up to the town then based on that comment is you know we have the town telling us that our charge is to either support or refute that the town was correct in issuing this letter of determination. And we have a tremendous amount of evidence here in front of us. And I guess my question for the town attorney, Lindsay, is that you know we've got a lot of case law in front of us and none of us are lawyers. Do you feel that this stuff is, is appropriate for us to use as part of our consideration?
7: I would say that the parties have provided you with the explanation of their interpretation of the case law, and it would be your duties, um, even though you are not lawyers, to look at the materials that have been provided to you and determine what interpretation you agree with based on the evidence.
0: All right. Unless there's any questions, do I hear any motions for action?
8: I move to deny the appeal uh, by the Church of the Rock the zoning manager's determination for 4881 Cherokee based on following findings. Uh, Am I to read each one of those?
7: I would say if there are findings that have been proposed that you agree to, you can read them. If there are findings that you come on your own, you can add those. If there's findings you don't agree with, you can not include them.
8: My... My move is based solely on my interpretation of the code. And my interpretation is you cannot have um, residential vehicles, temporary housing, based on how that land is zoned. That is how I'm interpreting that. And that is the sole uh, purpose of my denial.
3: Second.
0: Is there any discussion regarding the motion before we proceed to vote?
9: My only thought would be, I would prefer a continuance for us to, like we just got, we just received this document, uh, you know, a few minutes before we had this hearing, an opportunity to review this as well and and understand everything. That would be my only other request, if, if this board would be comfortable with the continuance.
0: So point of order to ask the town, we have a motion. Uh, that's, that's made and seconded now, and then we have another request to potentially defer. Do we need to vote on the first motion before we decide on the second?
4: But, but may uh, Chair Purcell, may the applicant be heard on that? Yes, go ahead. It seems it would be inappropriate at this point for the board to ask for that direction from the town. Um, because of the different hats that are being worn by the town and the, the, the town's attorney here. So I think that is an issue that the, that the board itself has to resolve.
3: Yeah. I think
4: we're voted.
8: Yeah, my, my comment on that would be let's vote. Let's see how it plays out.
0: All right, I agree we have a motion and it's been seconded. Uh, moved by board member White and seconded by board, manager, board member Richards to deny the appeal. Recording secretary, please take the roll call vote. Chair Purcell. I struggle with this issue. My heart goes out to the church and to the people that they try to to help. I think the motives are admirable in, in all possible ways. I vote yes to deny.
1: Vice Member Lyons? Yes. Board Member Marina? Yes. Board Member White?
8: As a Christian, as someone who contributes to the church that I belong to significantly, uh, I commend you on the work that you
3: do. Uh, I vote yes.
1: Board Member Richards?
3: So I'm not religious, I'm an atheist, but I believe in the good work that you do. And I believe that there's a way to go about this that involves all the other zoning laws that the rest of us follow with the laws that run with our land. And for that reason, I vote yes to deny the appeal.
0: Motion is approved by a vote of five to zero. I would like to thank the applicant for coming. Do we have Town liaison, uh, town Council Liaison Dietz online? Yeah. No, he's, uh, he's not here All right. So the board will now hear updates from Town Council.
10: Right. Uh, on behalf of uh, Mayor Pro Tem, uh, Lafleur, I, I did speak at length with Council Member Dietz earlier today. He regrets not being able to be here this evening. Uh, wanted me to do to pass along um, his his best to you Uh, and thank you for the work that you do I mean truly from town council uh, the boards and commissions are so incredibly valuable your insight I appreciate you working through the process tonight and asking questions Um, thank you as we close up the year I think that there are probably a couple of updates worth giving as we just kind of look back over the last year Um, there are a couple that perhaps might be a little bit more controversial but I'm going to stick to three that I think are probably uh, the most important from the year, uh, and that's uh, Dawson Trails. Uh, CVI, Crystal Valley Interchange, and the budget for next year. Uh, Dawson Trails is coming along. Uh, There will be something coming forward, I believe, very soon for one of the the packets for some residential, so that's going to be playing out over the course of this next year as well, but uh, there there is dirt moving around out there now. Uh, Crystal Valley Interchange, we had some significant delays that uh, were at first on the federal level. We had some things to then work through at the uh, Colorado Department of Transportation level. Those have been successful addressed. Uh, town staff did a, a marvelous job in working with CDOT. Um, we'll have to add in like a, a little share park and ride kind of area there to be able to address some of the concerns that CDOT has. But I believe that we're looking at hopefully in first quarter perhaps maybe having a groundbreaking for that. That's huge because that is going to, uh, to open up access to Dawson Trails, access to retail there which is money for the town, which brings me to the budget. Uh, town staff did a very, very good job in being very conservative with projections for next year. Um, the budget was a little bit later than we normally would have for approval. We, we, just, we just actually approved it. Um, that's because we really needed to wait as long as possible to try to see where these trends that are somewhat uh, concerning, uh, if, they're, if they're continuing. Um, It may not be all that well-known if you spend a lot of time on social media, uh, but building permits are actually down 60 6-0, 60% from last year. Um, That's impact fees. Impact fees help pay for infrastructure improvements around town. Uh, That's a big deal, (laughs) right? Retail sales tax has been, we're up on a year, but it has been a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, That is a mark that is the essential lifeblood of the town. That's what pays for everything including your dinners before these meetings so uh, it's very very important Uh, that piece needs to go hand in hand with what the the projection is for spending for next year i'll wrap it up by saying town staff did a very good job in being very conservative on those with building permits for next year with perhaps if we do see a continued downward trend for retail spending and we're going to be okay there might be some cutbacks in some of the uh, pavement maintenance programs and things like that that we do but um that's done and you know we're, we're we're in good shape for next year so uh that's about it our last meeting was 36 minutes long it was very quick uh, we do have some land use items uh, and we still do have uh, at our next meeting we still do have uh, uh you know meetings planned in january I invite you to come out it's a good
9: time so thank you i have a quick question for you if you don't mind yeah. no, no please does the town have any plans to increase impact fees?
10: To I'm sorry, decrease to increase to increase. Uh, you know, I'll I'll defer to uh, uh, to miss Vargas on on that, but I do not think that that's in in the plan. I, I think that we hope that things might pick up a little bit. <laughs>
7: um, thank you for that uh, positive thought, Council Member Brooks. Um, uh, we do regularly every couple of years do large impact fee studies, Uh, so we have not done a new one in a couple of years. But when we last adopted uh, the impact fees, we um, adopted in code an escalating factor based on a variety of um, uh, different construction indices. And so, we are finalizing um, how those indices all stack up against each other, so you will see a slight increase in the impact fees, I think mostly related to transportation uh, costs. Um, it's not a new code or regulation that went before council. It was some recently, it's, it went a couple years ago, but each year there's a small change uh, keeping pace with construction costs. Um, system development fees, which are water fees, uh, which some developers uh, consider impact fees, but they're related specifically to the water, um, water renewal, uh, renewable water, excuse me, and wastewater systems. Those fees um, do get assessed every year uh, in our rates and fees studies uh, for what both the resident pays and then what developers pay. And there's a small increase in a variety of those fees. I don't recall if it's a maybe an average of four or 6%, um, but there's some slight upticks, but not enough to have raised uh, all the attention of the council members, so thank you. Great,
0: thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, moving on to board member items. Any board members have any items to discuss with the board? All right. The board will now hear updates from town staff.
2: Thank you again for all your work you've given us this year. We do not have a case in January, so we will see you in February, possibly. And you all have a great holiday.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, time is eight fourteen. I will move to adjourn the meeting.
9: Seconded.
0: Uh, it's moved by board member Purcell, seconded by board member White. Recording secretary, please take the roll call vote. Chair Purcell? Yes.
1: Vice Chair Lyons? Yes. Board Member White? Yes. Board Member Richards? Yes. Board Member Marina?
0: Yes. Motion is approved by a vote of five to zero. Thank you. The meeting is now adjourned. Merry Christmas, everybody.
8: Thank,
1: Thank you. you.
0: Everybody drive safe tonight. Uh,
8: just just